Since the dawn of time, the world loves an incredible rags-to-riches story. TV shows, movies, books, magazines, they all have retold the stories time and time again. Except today is no story. It's real life. As real as it gets. The title of this podcast episode is not just fancy marketing. Homeless to $100 million is exactly what Dustin Gutkowski has done. Every once in a while, you get the opportunity to speak to someone that completely changes your viewpoint and outlook of life. And today's guest did exactly that for me. Dustin literally changed my view of not only life, but gratitude. Feelings of where you are, where you want to be, your family, your friends, your skills, and what is important in your life. This is literally one of the best conversations I've ever had, and I can't wait to share it with you. So friends, are you ready? Three, two, one, let's go. Hey everyone, what's going on? I'm Mike Fancher, and welcome to this episode of the MyFit Method Podcast. All right, guys, I am so excited to have Dustin here with me today. Dustin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. This is amazing. Dustin, you recently posted a picture of your kids on social media. You were at Disneyland, I believe, in California. And the caption that you wrote on the post literally gave me chills and a ridiculous amount of inspiration at the same time. Do you mind if I read what you wrote? Is that all right? Go for it, please. So you wrote... These photos mean the world to me. They might not mean much to most, but it represents everything. I never knew Disney World existed as a kid. I thought it was made up. We had no ability to afford it as a kid. I never thought it was possible to ever go when I got older. I never even knew my real dad's name. Still have no idea who he is. Getting to spend time like this with my kids at Disney and provide these types of memories are my favorite thing to do on earth. When you go from a homeless kid on a park bench to living a life I only dreamed of. I'm so thankful for these opportunities. Just please keep chasing your dreams and don't ever quit. Dude, you have one of the most inspirational stories I've ever heard. Can you kind of share your story a little bit in the journey of how you've gone from literally being homeless, living on a park bench, to growing a company to over $100 million? Yeah, shit, man. You made me emotional. My kid you made me emotional. emotional. <laughs> no, I mean, my kids, just thinking about my kids makes me emotional because I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful to be the father. It is, it is literally the thing that I'm the most proud of. And just listening to that, it makes me emotional, man, because I, I, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be the man I am without my kids, man. I can't believe I'm crying on that. But uh, yeah, man, like I just love those little guys. And uh, I, I recently I had my daughter and it's funny, man, like, you know, I was told my whole life, like, God gives real men daughters. And I 100% don't believe that anymore. I think I think God gives, gives you know, boys because they test your patience and they're, they're, they're going to push every button that you have, man. They're like a spitting image of you. And man, just a little bit of backstory and kind of why I'm emotional about it. It's like, look, I, I never thought I'd have kids. I never thought I'd be in this situation. You know, you, you say, you, you think, but like, the reality, right? I, I just, I didn't think it was in the cards for me because I never saw that. Like I never saw, you know, a loving family 
I, I don't know my dad's name, man. We we spent so after after my son was born, we spent some time trying to track down my real dad through ancestry and through family. And it's like, man, when you see my birth certificate, there was multiple names scratched out, like father's names, like literally my mother scratched out multiple names. And so we tried to find people and we did DNA tests and none of them matched up. I've taken three DNA tests, didn't match. I've done ancestry and we can't find. So I don't know my father's real name, man. And, you know, growing up, we were a poor family. My mom did a lot of drugs. I lived in a drug abused physical home. And I remember times coming home, we didn't have running water. We didn't have electricity to get cut off. We didn't have food. Sometimes you only went to bed and all you had was hunger. And it was rough, man. And, you know, there was times that we didn't get Christmas presents. I remember one time me and my brother, the only thing we got for Christmas was this church brought us a sword and a basketball. And my brother was six years younger than me. And he wanted the basketball. And I was like, dude, so I had to give him the basketball. This is what he wanted. But that was all we got for Christmas. And that was common, right? And unfortunately, my stepdad was abusive to my mom. He was abusive to us. It was it was tough, man. And I finally had enough and I just left and I was 14 and I was staying on the park bench. I would bounce around. I try to stay at a friend's house. You know, when you're 14, man, people are so naive to the fact that you're homeless and that I, I did, I guess I don't know if I didn't fit the mold that I was, you know, I was well-spoken. I was really super polite and because my grandfather was actually in the military for a long time, but I just, I wasn't like close to my family at that time really. But but I was polite, well-spoken. And I guess people just didn't realize like I didn't fit the mold, you know, but I would bounce around, but they'd be like, Hey, you can't stay here. It's a school night. You need to go home. And I'm like, I don't have a home, but you'd sleep on a park bench. You sleep on back porch. I'd sleep wherever I could, you know? And I just knew that that life wasn't for me. I, I never wanted to live that life. I wanted to get out of the trailer park. I wanted to get away from all that, but I didn't know how I had no father figure. I had no guidance, I had no nothing. And, uh, so, you know, that's how it started. It was super humble beginnings. But even at a young age, like I remember one night, man, I was so scared. And I remember the night it was cold. I was sleeping on a park bench and I was I still went to school. So, you know, when I'd go to school, I, it took me five years to graduate high school. But uh, I was just scared, man. I kept hearing stuff. It was a windy night and I was hungry and I was tired and it was just scared, bro. I was a kid. And, and I was like, man, I don't want this life. And when you come from places like that, man, you start questioning everything. You start having like, do I even want to live thoughts? But you're such a, you're so young and immature. You don't know what those mean. Like, that's the thing, man. It's just like, you're, you don't know what that means. Like, why am I having these thoughts of not wanting to live? What does that mean? You don't even really know what suicide means. Like, you don't know any of those things. And so I just had those thoughts. But I was like, man, I don't want this life. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I promise you one day I'm going to get out of this life. I don't want to live this life. And I just, you know, started trying to apply myself through life. But when you're used to growing up a certain way, it's hard to change. And it really does take help and guidance from people around you because, you know, the whole cliche, which, you know, people give cliches such a hard time. But I'm like, the reason that they're cliche is because they're freaking true, man. Like they're true. And, you know, your, your network is your net worth and the five people you surround yourself with. And I always surrounded myself with the wrong people. And it was 100% my fault. And so maybe I didn't have a choice about the way I grew up. Maybe I didn't have a choice in the family I was born into. But I did have a choice how I reacted to it. And I reacted very poorly for a long time. I used it as a crutch. I played the victim card, you know, a lot of my adult life until probably, really, man, I'm 41 now. I just turned 41 in December. But I, I played till I was a, a child until my son was born. And that kind of led us up here. My son's six and a half, so he's born in June of... 
17. So he'll turn seven this year in June. So until he was born, I was a man. So I was like 35. I just didn't understand. And so when you live your life a certain way and you only know how to react to things, you only know how to emotionally act, react. You're only been a victim. You're taught to be a victim. You're taught that it's not your fault. It's, you know, oh, they're just lucky, you know, because your family tells you that, oh, they're just lucky they have that. It's not your fault. You don't have that. And so you start to buy into those things. And it took people really trying to break those habits and then me understanding them, right? Like me understanding that, you know, looking in those skeletons, your closet, I think we all try to hide them. We try to hide these skeletons. We try to pretend we're people we're not. And I try to own the person I am. And sometimes, you know, deep inside of us, there's a, there's a freaking monster in all of us. And you have to own that. It's a part of you. But you have to learn to control it. And you have to learn to understand it. And you have to learn what makes you tick. You have to understand what that monster can do, but that monster is a part of you. And sometimes it's who you are and you have to learn to control it, man. And to control the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that monster can be a positive thing that forced those demons, those skeletons, that pain, that trauma, you can go out. And I did, I wanted to go out and, you know, I was made fun of when I was younger for having the crappy shoes. I was made fun of for being poor, the white trash kid, you know, and all that pain, all that trauma, all those things that happened to me, I wanted to show the goddamn world that I was going to be somebody. And I still use that fuel today. Like I still use that to go do something. And so, you know, all that stuff, it can either destroy you, right. Or it can motivate you. And I just, just wanted to use it as motivation as I got older, because for a long time I didn't. And so, you know, I had struggled all along the way. I, I got into the fitness industry, I actually managed health clubs for years for, from when I was like 19 till probably 35. 35. Yeah. So up until about when my, after a little after my son was born, and, you know, get fired from jobs, quit, get mad, whatever it was, it was always not fair. If I didn't get the promotion, it wasn't my fault. Somebody else's. And, you know, I had a lot of bumps along the way. It was, it was crazy, man. Like I will say one of the hardest things that I ever went through was going through that journey. I made, you know, this is back in like probably Oh six, Oh four, Oh four to Oh six. I was making about 120 to $150,000, which is a lot of money at the time. And I was just a dirt poor kid. I bought this house. I bought the car. I had it all. I lost my job. I got in some legal trouble and I lost everything. And then about six months later, I was living in my car at my new job for about 45 days. And it was one of the most humbling experiences because I can tell you the worst thing wasn't growing up in the trailer park. It wasn't being homeless. It was growing up there, tasting a little bit of success and then losing it. It was like, oh, my God. And so, you know, I'm tw 24 years old at the time, and I had to restart again. And it took me a long time to get myself back up there. And so that meant that was kind of the story, though, is the the classic, you know, abusive home, drug-filled home, trailer park, dirt poor. It just made stupid decisions that compounded that, right? It, and it wasn't all the troubles came from me making dumb decisions, man, me believing that crap because none of it's true, man. No, that's that's the thing is not, none of it's true. Like, yes, you start with a, you start, people have a head start. You start behind them, but well, we all have the same opportunity. I have friends that their parents were, were multimillionaires and they've blown it all. And I have friends that their family has nothing and they've created it all. I have friends that their family ha handed them empires and they doubled it. Yeah. It doesn't matter, right? You can start with a head start and go back. And so, but I believed it, man. I believed that victim mentality. I believed it wasn't my fault. I believed all that crap. And guess what, man? It held me back for a long time. Chris Williamson, who's the host of the Modern Wisdom podcast, he actually has a quote that says, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. I love Chris, man. And he's amazing. He's phenomenal. Literally my favorite podcast out there. Yeah. And obviously that quote 
you are a living proof of that quote. Yeah. I know your mantra though is more of a impact over income mentality. Talk to me a little bit, dive into this a little bit on how that really shaped not only your business, but your personal life. Yeah. Impact over income really was, I felt that when I started our company, so we've results roofing, we have several brands now, but I wanted to create a place that was for people like me that didn't have the opportunity, right? Like people counted us out and people thought we wouldn't amount to anything. And I, I, I think the, the, when I was in the fitness industry, I always wanted to be the best, right? I always wanted to be the guy that was like the Michael Jordan of the fitness industry. And, you know, it's kind of like in basketball now. I don't know if anyone will ever catch Michael Jordan, right? I don't think so, even though I'm a huge Kobe guy. My son's name is Kobe. My daughter's name's Gianna. I'm a diehard Kobe fan. But, man, I just don't think anyone, no matter what, will ever catch Michael Jordan, right? It's that ghost. And there'll, there'll always be the conversation 100%, right? But yep. I felt like in the fitness industry, that had there was already the Michael Jordan. And so no matter what you did, you were never going to get there. And I wanted to create a legacy, I, I, I guess. Look, I, th- this is a this is a crazy story, probably mostly where it came from. And a lot of people don't know the story at all, man. Like, I don't know if anyone actually knows this story. I think I've only told it like once or twice. So when we were pregnant or I say we were pregnant, I did gain some weight. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> I felt like I gained more weight than my wife. So when I say we we're pregnant, I was pregnant. We my last name's Gutkowski. So it's very unique. But it's not my it's not my real dad's last name because don't know who he is. So I took my mother's maiden name, right? So I'm the only Gutkowski left. And at the time, and man, I'll be honest with you, I didn't mean anything to me. I was almost ashamed of it. I had failed my entire life. I'm a 34, 35 year old loser. I don't have any money, man. The craziest thing is my wife's pregnant. I actually lost my job at the time for emotionally reacting. And my wife's working, she's about to pop. And I'm looking around like I should leave. My wife and child would be better off without me here. I should leave her and let her like live her life because I'm a loser. Like I really am, I, 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 that's what I felt in my heart, man. And I was ashamed of my last name. And when we, I had these discussions, like what do you think about changing my last name? And she was like, you know, I support you, why? And I was like, I just kind of want a fresh start. This last name means nothing to me. It's not my dad's. I don't know him. You know, I've, I've done all these stupid things. I've been through so much crap as a child. I had so much pain. I had so much anger towards the world. And I just didn't want to bring it in. And if I was going to raise this child, how would I do it if I wasn't even proud of my own last name? And, man, I remember we said, we're going to talk about it and we'll see. And, man, I remember the day my son was born. It, he was crying and I grabbed him and I saw my wife holding him. And I can tell you, man, like I, when I was holding him, I cried for probably 45 minutes straight. I didn't, I didn't let him go. And the nurse was like, she's like, you know, son, are you okay? She's, she's an older lady. I was like, yes, ma'am. And she's like, I can see the pain leaving your body. And I, I remember telling her, I go, ma'am, I've made so many mistakes in my life. I've been through so much crap in my life. I said, but guess what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm going to make this kid proud that I'm his dad. And that was my commitment. And it was just like, I'm going to build this legacy and you're going to know the Gutkowski last name because it starts today. I was like, I made my wife a commitment. I made my son a commitment. 
that said you, the, the fucking world is going to know the Gakowski last name, no matter what it takes at all costs. And I was like, I want to create this legacy. And so as I was working in the fitness industry after that, man, I was building someone else's legacy and I was really being a hypocrite. I was trying to build my legacy inside someone else's, but the legacy was the more, most important thing to me. I was making the most money of my life at the time. After my son was born, I got a really good job, kind of worked my way back up. I was fired up, man. I was on a mission. But, you know, I was building someone else's legacy and it wasn't mine. And it wasn't fair to them or me because I had this dream. And I fundamentally believe that entrepreneurship is not for everybody. If anyone ever tells you that, they're full of it. It's not for everybody, man. It's, it is the hardest thing you're going to do. It's going to kick you in the teeth. And when you fall down, it's going to kick you again. It is so hard and it's not for everybody. But here's what is for everybody. You can believe in a vision. You don't have to have a vision, but you have to believe in one. But I had a vision. And so I didn't believe in other people's visions. And so I was being a hypocrite and I decided that I was going to do my own thing and I wanted to create my own own company. And so it came from that was like, man, why do we have to treat people so bad? Like why this, why does this employee employer relationship have to be so toxic? Like, why can't we have this culture of fun and family and winning and we all talk about it and you see it like there's our core values you don't even follow your core values man you don't even follow your core principles at home let alone at work and for me it was like i guess i didn't have a family so then when i created one that became my family and i said but why can't i have that extended family at work why can't we create this why can't we go out and build something so when we started results proofing it was never about the money for me never was. It was like, there was nothing about the money. It was about, I want to create this legacy for my family and for this last name. And roofing was just the vehicle. And so I was like, why can't I just treat people the way that I want to be treated? All those bad leaders I had, all those bad people I had, I they showed me what not to do. So why didn't I just create the environment I always wanted? And so that's what I did. And do I always get it right? Absolutely not. I make a ton of mistakes. But my goal is people. I never lose track of, I focus on people. Like I fundamentally believe every single person that works here at the RR Brands, like I work for them. They don't work for me. And I want to help them accomplish their goals and dreams. I want them to feel some way. I want them to create that for their family. I want them to taste that success, to feel that moment of winning and be proud of themselves for looking what they accomplished, for all the people that doubt it, shove it in their fucking face. Like go out there and win. And so- to me, it's like, yeah, man, we all work to make money. Don't ever get it twisted. You can you work to make money. That's why we we work to support our families. But you can do both. We we live in such an and or world. It's like, well, I can't do this or do that. It's you can do both. Hey, man, I can work and have fun at work. I can work and love the people I work with. I can make money and still take care of my people. It's like it doesn't have to be one or the other. And so I just fundamentally believe that I love people. I care about the people I work with. And I'm very loyal to the people that work here. I don't want to associate with people outside of here. Like, I just don't. I'm probably like old school like that. Like, we're not going to be friends if you work for another roofing company. I don't want to be your friend. I want to bury you. Like, I want to, I don't want you to go out of business, but I want to, I'm such a competitor that I want to help the people that are here. So it's just, it's something that it's just stuck in me. And I think it's just who I am. I think it's because of maybe everything I went through. I think I've learned that everything I went through is actually a positive, right? It's, it's not a negative. So that's, that's where it comes from. In not knowing who your dad was, you know, for so many people, they want to respect the legacy of their last name. They want to mm-hmm. build upon the legacy of their last name. 
you didn't have that situation. So you defined your own last name. Like you are the cornerstone and you, you took your last name and said, I'm now putting the pin on the map. Now it yep. exists. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Give me chills. I that. You started in the fitness industry, but then wound up on the roofing side and yeah. creating really an unbelievable company that has just grown astronomically over the last four years. Talk to me about, because everyone says, well, you can't just build stuff from scratch, but it really sounds like you did. You started really from almost zero. Maybe in some cases, if you really think about it, less than zero, right? To get where yep. really where you had to get. What steps did you take to kind of start and scale that business from ground zero with no prior experience in that world? It's so, first, I think you have to understand what you really want, right? You have to fundamentally understand what you really want. You can't just go out there and just say, I'm going to start a company. Why? Well, because I want to. I want to, you know, the whole notion of I'm going to work my own hours and I want to create flexibility. I'm like, good luck, <laughs> man. That doesn't exist, right? I understood what I really wanted. And the end goal was to create this legacy. And now, again, the, it looks, the picture, you keep adding on to it, right? It's almost like you're building your dream home and you change it and you add it. But the the fundamental goal was to create a legacy and something to live beyond me. And I always had this vision of, I want to create something for my children. And at the time, it was my son that he could work here one day or we could, you know, have the ability to go create his own company and I could work with him. And so instead of him having to go struggle for somebody else, why didn't he struggle with me? Why didn't he go through these pains for me? So it was to build this. And so when I when I saw roofing, I saw that so many people I knew and were going through stuff. They had dealt with bad contractors. And in Texas, it's the wild, wild west. It's not a licensed state. So you have just chaos when it comes to roofing. And I saw all these horror stories and people on social media that I knew that were bad roofer, bad contractor, chucking a truck, did all these things. Said, okay, there's there's a there's a problem there. What's the solution? How do I fix this? Okay, if I want to go in somewhere and start a business, let me let me focus on the solution, right? And so instead of going and adding to the problem, let me go. So I said, what if we just went in there and start treating people the right way? Right? What if we went in and start treating homeowners like we wanted to be treated? Like, and in the fitness industry, you know, in the fitness industry, you're dealing with a different class. Like, it's tough, right? You know, people are like, well, I sold homes and cars. I'm like, okay, man, when somebody goes to a car dealership. They're excited. They want to buy a new car. They don't go in there to, to sightsee. They go in there to buy a car. It's exciting. If I go in there to buy my dream car, I get to drive off with it. I'm so happy. When I go into the gym, I don't want to work out. That's why I'm already out of shape. I'm probably super intimidated. And when I sign up or get personal training, all I walk out with is a receipt and a promise. It's not exciting. <laughs> so you have to sell people this vision and dream of, what they're going to look like, how they're going to feel, and how it's going to change your life, right? So it is it is a tough sell, especially when you get involved with people with like personal training. But I want to take that same philosophy into roofing is like, let's take care of these homeowners, right? Like, let's treat them like we would in the fitness industry. Let's paint this vision on, you know, how their home, how the process is going to go. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be a bad process. And so the same thing with people, when I was in the fitness industry, when I, I worked for 24 Hour Fitness, this is back in the day, and it was the greatest organization I'd ever worked for. The owner, Mark Mastroff, was phenomenal. I just remember the stuff he did, the contest, the company trips. Like, I I actually never saw myself working for anywhere else, right, at the time. And I actually chased what he had built for a long time. And so we implemented a lot of the things that we went through there. But I was like, why can't we do this in roofing? And why can't we have fun? And why can't we take care of our people? And so 
you know, the, I will say the first two years of the company, I was the hustler. I was the guy grinding. I was the top sales guy. I was out every day just hustling seven days a week because I had to build the company. We had nothing. Right. And so, you know, man, our first six months, we didn't have a website. We didn't have an office, had a couple of uniforms, no business cards, really. We go, you know, talk to a homeowner. Let me see your website. And you're like, oh, it's under construction. You know, it's because we just didn't have the money to pay someone to to do it. Right. Right. And but we were just organic social media. We're out there hustling. We're doing whatever we can. And so it was. But I held on to this. I never I think like when you start something, anything in life, people always want, you know, the course, the shortcut. But when you don't know what you really want, man. So like when you start anything and you don't know what you want, the first sign of trouble, you're going to fold. You're going to quit because you don't really want it. And so when you want something, I've just reverse engineered it. Here's what I want. And I don't right. care what it costs to get it. So when something goes wrong, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm still going here. When mm -hmm. something comes up, doesn't matter. I'm still going here. If this person's not part of the plan, it doesn't matter. I'm still going here. And so my focus is on where I'm going, not what I'm going through. And so when I did that, I just built it for the end goal. What does that look like? And just kept going. So for the first two years, it was just hustling, hiring people, training, developing, trying to grow the company, trial by error. I always focus on solutions, not the problems. And so it was it was just like, okay, let's we got this company. We have nothing. What do we want it to look like? Okay, we want it to look like this. Great. Let's start building for that. Let's build for where we're going, not where we are. And so, you know, we had people along the way that didn't believe in it. They threw in the towel. They quit. They did these things. But I didn't focus on those people. I focused on the ones that stayed. I focused on the ones that were here. And I wanted to treat them better than anyone ever treated them. So they didn't leave. And they didn't want to go somewhere else because I knew I needed them to be a part of the journey, but they needed me to be a part of theirs. So it was that selfishly unselfish. Look, man, you'll never get to where you want without me, but I'm never going to get to where I want without you. How about we do this together and we do it the right way? So it was just, it was part of that going to company that really just blew it up. Absolutely. You actually posted a quote recently that I thought was fantastic. And it was, I'm stuck in between. I'm super proud of myself and I haven't done shit. I need to go harder. Yep. Tell me a little bit, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in that world where they're almost afraid in some ways to pat themselves on the back and to celebrate what they've accomplished so far. Because as you said, they're looking so far forward as to where they want to go. How yep. do, can you go deeper on that? Like, How do you manage those moments where you've got both sides talking to you on your shoulders? Look, I think we've gotten so like focused on the future and we have all these people telling us, don't worry about your past. You know, the windshield's bigger than the rear view for a reason. But I think it's a it's it's if you don't pay attention to your past, if you don't pay attention to history, they always say history repeats itself, right? Mm -hmm. And it's true. And if you don't pay attention to who you are and what you've done, the mistakes you made, you will repeat them. And so for me, every single day I wake up, I think about where I came from. And I think about where I started and I'm very grateful for everything you have. I literally, I wake up every day at, at, by 5 a.m. at the latest and I have an alarm that goes off at 5 a.m. And it says, be grateful you got another day. And so that's one of the first things I see. And so when I see that, it reminds me of, and I just think of, man, where I came from and where I started. And I never want to go back to that place. I think about the pain and the trauma. I think about growing up as you know poor. I think about being white trash and being homeless and then I think about my kids going through that and I never want to put them. So I start every single day with my back against the wall, not to go back there. Right. Because I think you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. 
And it doesn't mean you dwell. It doesn't mean you cry about them. But not studying where you came from, the mistakes you made, is such a huge loss, right? You want to study those and learn from it and understand, like, where you're going to go. So for me, it's, okay, I started here, and I'm here now. Be proud of yourself, man. You've accomplished a lot, but you're not where you want to be. It's like the Kobe quote when he said, Kobe, you're up 2-0. Why do you look mad? Job's not finished. The job's not finished for me. And so I need to go fucking harder. I need to do more, right? The person that got me here is not going to get me there. What have I accomplished so far has nothing to do with what I still need to accomplish. It's okay to feel good about the steps I've taken along the way. And it's okay to say, hey, man, there you go. But complacency doesn't exist for me. I don't want no part of it. And because I, I think I see so many people around me that they make a little bit of money, they get a little bit of success, and then they fall off the face of the earth. And they get complacent thinking it's going to last forever. And it doesn't. Hey, man, less than five years ago, I had $300 to my name. You know, my wife was pregnant. I had nothing, you know, and it's like all these things that I've, that I've accomplished. Yeah, man, they feel good. They're great. But so what, right? I, I, to me, it's, it's I got to go harder because I do think the key to life and the most important thing you can chase is the person you're supposed to become. And if you constantly focus on the person you're supposed to become and the person you want to be, then that pe- things are going to happen for you in great things. And so you're not going to be perfect, right? You're going to make mistakes, but learn from those mistakes, man. And it's, it's okay to look and go, you know what? We lost, this is your sports as an analogy because I think it's really, it's, it's important people can understand the sports. If you're a player, you see the greats. They like to study the losses and what went wrong because right. they can learn from it and overcome it. And you have selfish players who are egotistical that go, I'm not watching, I'm moving on. I'm going to focus on the next week. That's behind us. But that's an attitude how you get beat by making the same mistakes again. Me, I want to face those head on and say, okay, why did I get beat? Now I'm going to use that and make it a strength, right? And then I want to study what the other team did to beat me so then I can become better than them at what they do, so I'm going to beat them, right? And so yeah. I just I think I, I focus on that. I'm, I'm not afraid of the past, man. I own it. It's part of who I am. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid of it. I own it. I, I think about it all the time. Like, yo, man, if, if you take off today, you're going back to the trailer park. I'm not doing that. Hey, if you go back to that, your kids are going to live there. Hey, man, I ain't, I'm, I'm not doing that. That's not for me. i got to go harder. So it's living both worlds. It goes back to that. Stop living in the and or. It's like, if I don't yeah. focus on my, it's like, hey, man, study it, move on, go to the next one, right? So that it works for me. It's to own them both. David Goggins talks about that quite a bit in his second book, Never Finished. And he talks about how, you know, so, so many times people don't want to look back. They don't want to look back on those hardships. They want to forget them. They want to put them out of their brain. And his standpoint is you have to use them as fuel. That is the yes. fuel that you can make, take yourself and bring yourself to levels that you'll never, ever get to. And you brought up Alex Hermosi before, but Alex says the same thing. You know, you've got to give yourself that undeniable stack of proof of exactly who you are. And that proof does not come from shouting affirmations in the mirror. It comes from what you do every single day. A hundred percent. And it reminded me too, you know, Alex once said, if you're going to worry about what everybody else thinks, because I think that's something that so many people face today. When they want to take a risk, they want to take a chance, they want to do something. I faced that when I was 40 something years old with a successful career and walked away from my career to start my own business. And everyone was like, no, 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 you don't do that. Like you go with the secure, you go, you already success. Like, why would you do that? 
But it goes back to saying, if you care about what anyone's going to think, the only person you should care about is what your 85-year-old self is going to think about the decisions that you're making today. Are they going to be, Absolutely. is that person going to be proud of you? Or are they going to be like, ah, dude, that's not what you should have done. And, you know, everything that you're saying just ties in so well to all of that. Yeah, man. So you have your, like, I believe family is your husband, wife, kids, right? That's your family. I don't even get caught up in mom, dad. It's husband, wife, family is your family, your kids, whatever, right? And then you have a circle of probably three to five people that you ultimately trust. And I, I do care about what those people say to me if I'm messing up because those people have been in my circle for so long, trustworthy, it's been earned. So if I have a question or if I'm messing up and they tell me, I'm gonna at least listen, right? But I'm still gonna make decisions for myself. And we've had this, you know, I would never be able to be the husband or father I am if I wasn't chasing my goals and dreams. And my wife doesn't agree with everything I do. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't need to. It's not for her, right? This is this is for me. And if I don't seek out to be the person I am, then then I couldn't be the father, provide, or do any of those things. And she understands that, right? And there's things that she does that I don't understand, but I don't need to. That's for her, right? And I use prime example in marriage. People want to tell you how it's supposed to work. And mm -hmm. that's for them, man. I don't give a shit what they say. I don't care how you tell me to raise my kids. I don't care what you think of me. And so many people do though, man. They care so much about what other people think, say, or do. I don't give a fuck, man. I, your opinion of me is none of my business and I couldn't care less, but I don't care about the good either. And I fundamentally think that people get care so much about the bad is because mm -hmm. they get so high on the good. So when mm -hmm. they get all these comments of you're the man, you're this, you're that, they're so high on that when they see you suck, they're like, oh, they freak out. So they're so fearful of that. I don't care about either. I appreciate when someone tells me a compliment. I'm thankful for that. I am humbled by it, but it's not why I do it, right? The the whole affirmation thing, I agree. You don't get confidence by that. You know why I post the stuff I do on social media is because it comes up on my memories. And I can see the person I was eight years ago. I can see what was on my mind that day, two to three times a day. I can see what I was doing. I can see how far I've come. I also share those stories so other people can start to understand me and I can understand them and relate to people because if there is somebody out there that's having a bad day, I hope I can inspire them. That's generally why I do it, right? I don't post those things on my social media, my Facebook to make me feel better about myself. It's not why I do it, right? Because confidence comes from zero of that. Confidence comes from being you know, scared of something, fearful, facing it head on, and attacking it and then overcoming it because it's not just trying doesn't create confidence. You can't say, well, at least I tried. That's famous last words of a loser. You lost, right? You have to try. And if you fail, try again and then try again and try again. And once you succeed and you su succeed multiple times and you do create a stack of proof that you can do it, that's where your confidence comes from. And then that gives you the ability of, you know what? It goes back to what I said is that you, when you're focusing on becoming the person you know you want to be, you don't give a shit what anyone else thinks because that's not the person you're trying to be. Okay, great, man. Maybe that's for you. That's not me. Dustin, you changed. Yes, I did. You should try it. This is the person I want to be. So I'm not trying to impress you, right? I'm not trying to do these things. This is who I am. And my confidence comes from, I know that you're not going to find a hole in that because it's who I am. And so many people want to like fake it till you make it. And they don't want people to understand that. And they don't get it because they're not truly who they are. 
They're trying to post these things on social media, speak in front of their Lambo, talk in front of their Bentley to say, look at me, I'm a better person. None of that makes you feel a better person. What makes you a better person is being a better person. What makes you a better person is focusing on who you're supposed to be, right? So you have to, you're not gonna get confidence from posting how successful you are or posting how successful you're gonna be. You're still gonna be insecure. You're still gonna be scared. That's okay. Now, what are you gonna go do about it? And when you focus on that, I'm, I'm gonna be this person and here's my proof, then you're not worried about what some dude from high school says, good or bad, because that's not what you're focused on. You're focused on the task at hand. So I agree with you, man. It's such a big part of what you do. And if you don't go out and do those things, you're never, ever, ever going to have any confidence. Absolutely. You know, it talks about building confidence. You know, a lot of people, as they they grow, they become very successful. They build huge businesses, as you have they kind of close themselves off to the rest of the world. And you've taken a completely different approach. You've mentored thousands of people. You spend a lot of time mentoring other people that are trying to build or rebuild themselves, including working with Patrick Bet David through his app. Tell me yep. a little bit, like what are some of the insights that you have in your experiences in being a mentor and being able to help others that way? I think being a mentor is the ultimate fulfillment. It's like, you know, I don't want to compare it to being a father because it's not, but it is like, and this, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but it, it, to anyone, but it's like it, it, people that work here, you know, if my kid, if I go home tonight and he spills milk on the couch, I'm going to be pissed, right? Depending on if his mom sees, he might get a spanking, right? If it's me and him, we're probably just going to clean it up and try to hide from mom, right? Like, but he's <laughs> going to get disciplined. This is why you don't have milk on the couch. This is why you're supposed to drink at the table. You got to be careful, right? I'm going to coach him up on it. But I'm not going to fire him. He's not going to not be my kid anymore because he made a mistake. Right. And so I, I try to treat people that are in my life and work around me that, hey, man, I, I don't want to fire you. The craziest thing is in four years, I haven't fired one person here. And yet wow. we have people that I was close to that worked here that left. They quit and they have hatred towards me in the company. And I'm like, how do you have hatred for something you quit that you left? I didn't right. fire you, even though I maybe should have. I still tried to coach you up. So I don't, I don't like to fire people. Now we have fired people. There's people that have stole from us. And then like, you know, people that are here, like leaders had to make that choice to fire them. But when something's hit my doorstep, I'm like, let's coach them up. Let's talk about a solution. Let's talk about fixing this, right? Let's talk about making them a better person. You know, we can talk about being professionally better, but let's be more important. Let's be personally better. How can we coach this person in life? What are they going through? Is there something on their mind? What's their finances like? Maybe they just made a stupid mistake. I want to coach people up. And so Look, I know that I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be where I'm at, of course, without my wife and kids, but I had some great mentors along the way. And I had people that really took the personal interest in me and you can't do that for everyone, right? I understand that. But the ultimate fulfillment is watching others have some success and you had a small piece of it, right? You don't, you're not actually responsible for it. So I don't have an ego saying, I changed his life. I don't think that because that person had to change their life. But if I had a 0.01% in it, it makes me feel so good that I was able to help that person because I think it's the ultimate fulfillment of watching people win alongside of you is the greatest feeling on earth, right? Outside of your family. And they say it's lonely at the top. Yeah, man, if you're a dick and you don't take people with you, but if you're not, you can bring the whole team with you that wants to go. And so for me, you know, I do cut people out that I see aren't willing to change and aren't willing to put in the work, but the ones that are, I want to help them. And I generally do. I want to help them first be a better person 
then try to be better, you know, professionally in any way I can if they're truly going to put in some effort, right? Like, got to put in effort because I can talk to you, but if you're not going to listen, there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I'm going to do to help you. You've got to want to change, but it is, man. Like, Patrick Bet David, shout out to Patrick Bet David. First of all, his book's phenomenal. Choose your enemies wisely, but he created an app that allows people that are seeking advice to want to go out there. And so somebody actually messaged me the other day on Instagram and was like, oh, do I just have to get a response by going through my neck? And I said, yes, man. And he's like, oh, because you just want to get paid. And I go, I charge so minimal for a text question. And there's a reason I do it. Because people that are willing to pay, whether it's $1 or $1,000, they value their time and your time. Somebody that's just shooting, how do I be successful on Instagram? Dude, you don't really want it, right? <laughs> Most of those people don't. They just don't, right? So yeah. the people that are on there, I feel like it's a great community. I've actually got to ask some entrepreneurs great questions, right? So I'm a user as well, and I love it. And so it's that ultimate fulfillment is I feel like, you look, man, you want to build people up, and I want to be associated with people that want to winners. I want to be around winners. I want to help winners. And it's great for you to always look up, and it's great for you to always want to go up and look for that next person to connect to. But are you taking people with you? Are you helping bring people up as well? And so I want to make sure that I'm always doing both. And I can't do it for everybody. And I understand that. And there's tough decisions. And there's probably people out there I wish I could help or, you know, could, but I, I'm not able to. But I do try to help as many people as I can. And over the last four years, watching people go from making 30000 a year to 300000 a year, that's great, right? Watching people become, you know, boys and come, become men, become fathers, become better humans. It's so phenomenal to watch people. And then they're mentoring people. And it's like, not only did I have an impact on them, now my impact on them is having them impact others. And it's like, we have leaders creating future leaders and we have men creating better men and people helping each other grow. It, it, it's the feeling inside that money will never be able to take it. Items will never be able to fulfill that. But helping another person get a little bit better in life creates a bond and a brotherhood and a feeling that it's irreplaceable. You've had so many different points in life, whether it was where you've grown from being homeless, whether you've gone from tasting that little bit of success and then losing everything again to building the $100 million business that you have today. What was the one most unexpected lesson that you've had in your entire life so far? The most unexpected. Wow. That's a great question, man. Obviously, having a wife and kids, it, it sounds cliche, but it was so unexpected for me. I didn't think it would ever happen. Um, I guess, you know, when you're growing up and you don't feel like your mom loves you, it's hard for you to, like, know what love really is. Mm -hmm. So having that for my wife and kids was really unexpected and obviously a very positive way. But I think the most unexpected is how much when you when you become an entrepreneur and you know we have about 130 to 150 employees right and the most unexpected thing is how people are they it's all the same man everything is like every people are not successful for the same reason let's say it is that you know how when, when you're coming up you feel like these successful people tell you just bag of goods work hard, don't quit, you know, just consistency, self-discipline. You're like, man, you're full of shit. What's it really take? 
and they're like, work hard, self-discipline. You're like, nah, man, but what's the, it's all it is, bro. It's yeah. so easy. It is. I would say the weirdest thing for me is how easy it is to be successful. It is so much easier to be successful than it is to be unsuccessful. Yet there's way more unsuccessful people because I feel like it's more accepted. But it is harder to do that, right? It is so easy to be successful if you just work hard, you don't quit, and you stay self-disciplined, right? But everybody wants the rah-rah. Everybody wants the motivation. Everybody wants the, the crap, and it doesn't exist. And so I think for me, outside the family, it's like it's, it's like trying to think of the right, right way to articulate it, but it is so easy to be successful. It is so easy. And, and whatever you want to do, but people don't want to do it because it's almost like that it seems too good to be true. But it is, man, like it's if you work hard and you never quit and you stay self-disciplined, you got to stay self-disciplined. You can have anything you want. Now, again, your overnight success might take 10 years. Right. But if you don't do anything, you're still going to be broke and still be miserable in 10 years anyway. So what do you really have to lose? Right. I just think that for me has been the most watching now. So many people that you work with, work for people that have left the organization and you see where how their life has played out. You're kind of looking over like, man, like, you know, and this person has all the talent in the world and he wasn't able to do it because of X, Y, Z. And then you look at somebody that maybe wasn't as talented and they literally did it because of the hard work, didn't quit self-discipline. And you're like, man, it is so easy to do it if you just follow those simple things. It's but we overcomplicate and I don't know why. But I was the same way, right? I was the exact same way. So I get it. So I guess seeing kind of the I hate to say other side because it sounds like you're being arrogant, but it's like the other side when you're an entrepreneur, you're like, man, I could literally show you every pothole and every landmine along the way, but you still <laughs> won't listen to me. You still want to do it another way. And that's just so crazy to me. But then I think I'm like, wow, I did the same thing. People told me a million times, do this, do that. I'm like, no, nah, that's not gonna work. And I'm like, oh, I tried it my way and it didn't work at all. So I would say that's probably the biggest, man. For people right now that are stuck where they are in life, they either have a job and they hate it. They're not sure what they want to do in their life yep. or they own a business and they kind of wish that they just had a boss that would fire them because they don't know how to get out of the situation that they're in. How do you get someone to begin the pivot? Begin to say, all right, you know what? I got to redefine my pursuit. I got to understand better my purpose. Where do they start that process? Yeah, uh, this was for me. This is what helped me. I, I went through that, right? And I, I, it's a journey for sure. It's a journey. It's a process. But as I started to grow, I realized I didn't understand who I was, right? And I think a lot of us don't understand that because we don't talk to ourselves. And, oh, Dustin, you're crazy. You talk to yourself. You know, it's only crazy if you talk back. I do talk back, though, man, because who am I? Who's Dustin Gutkowski? What do I want to accomplish? Who do I want to be? And when I started asking myself who I was, I started to understand it was, right? We ask so many other people, like, like you and I, before for this pie, we had a great 20-minute conversation just getting to know each other, right? Yep. And I learned so much about you in that short 20 minutes and vice versa. And it was a, just a great conversation. It was so organic. And I was like, man, this is just a great guy. I could sit here and talk to you all day. But why would I not have the respect to do that for myself? And so if I don't do that to myself, I don't get to know who I am. And so you're never going to be able to know what you want until you know who you are. 
And when you know who you are, good or bad, you can understand what you want. So a lot of times you get stuck in these dead end jobs like I did. You get stuck doing something you'd hate because you don't know what the alternative is because you haven't taken the time to ask yourself to write it down. What do you really want? Who are you really? What makes you tick? What's your mission? What's your purpose? What's your why? How far are you willing to go? You know, here's what you want, but what are you willing to do to get it? Here, what just take last year? What are three to five things you did very well last year that helped you had a great year? Boom, write those down, keep those going. Now, what are three to five things that you did last year that like held you back from having a great year? Now, why don't we replace those with more good, right? But we don't want to have those conversations. And so I think first having that conversation with, man, and who am I? Okay, who am I? Good or bad? And then understand, okay, now what do I really want? Like, what do I want in life? What's going to make me tick? What makes me excited? And then once you do that, you go, okay, I'm going to go all in on this. Why would I stay all in on this job? And that's what I did. I remember one weekend, man, it was like no TV. I turned off my phone and I just started asking myself these questions. And here's this crazy thing, man. Those skeletons know you better than anyone else. And when you start talking to them, man, they <laughs> reveal some shit you don't want to know. And you're like, hey, man you think that you're going to run from your trauma, it's never going to go away. You think you're going to like outrun your skeletons, they're never going away. They're going to be there forever, learn to deal with them. So when you start to talk to them and understand what's going on, you go, okay, now I can deal with this because now I know what really is going on. But now I know who I am. Okay. Now that I know who I am, now I know what I want. I can figure that out. And then you go pursue it. But there's so many people that they're like, man, life's not fair. It sucks. Well, what do you want, Michael? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, I want to make 150000 Why? Because I want more money. But what do you want the money for? Because I want a nice car. What do you want the car for? I don't know. Well, because let me tell you something, Michael. When you get that car, you're going to be right back to square one. Yep. And so they just don't know what they want. So they're out here. It's like, like this. I've said, Michael, hey, man, uh, we're in Dallas. Will you meet me in Dallas tomorrow at 4 o'clock? Okay, great. Where are we meeting? I don't know, man. Just meet me in Dallas at four o'clock. But where? There's it's all over. Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth, DFW. Where? Hey, man, I'll be somewhere in DFW. You just meet me at four <laughs> o'clock. How are you ever expected to get there? And so once you figure out who you are, what you want, then you write it down and then you go all in for it. And it, I know it, that doesn't work. Look, man, I, I'll tell a story. When I first got into roofing, you know, obviously getting transitioning into a new industry. We went from a little bit of money in the bank. We went from having about 50,000 in the bank to under $300. My wife was pregnant with our second son, Kobe. It was a struggle. We couldn't even afford food. I started having to drive Uber Eats. So I was working all day roofing, driving Uber Eats to pay for my family. Humbling. 36 years old, driving Uber Eats, man. It was tough. It was, it, it, it hurt my pride and my ego. And it was, it was just, it was, it was, it was tough for me. But I was like, this is what I got to do. And I wrote down that I was going to make 200000 because I knew that would change our family's life. And in 10 months, I made 196. But I wrote it down and put it out there because it is powerful, man. If you write it down, you put that out there and you can see it and it's what you really want. And it wasn't about the 200000 It was about this 200000 allows my wife to stay home with our children so they can be raised by the person that will raise them the best, their mother. She's a fantastic mother. It allows us to live into a nicer neighborhood. So I'm like, I don't have to worry about the safety of my children. It allows my wife to drive a nicer car so I can feel safe about where she's driving them to. It allows us to get ahead and do different things. It allows me to invest in the company so I can hire people to impact life. So it was never about like, I just want to make $200,000. It 
I want to make it because of these specific reasons. And when you do that, you get laser focused on doing that. And then you're like, okay, boom, now I hit this. Now what's next? And so I've just, it's, I've really changed my perspective on that stuff. I used to think vision boards and goals were crap. And I used to think they were corny. I used to think that that doesn't really work. But if you do the other things, they do work, man. You mentioned before that it's never been easier to be successful. And I agree with you a hundred percent. Unfortunately, I think a lot of that right now is because the world's never been so soft. There's just no resilience in the world to do exactly what you said, which was be confident, stay consistent, be disciplined, do the things that you have to do. I was laughing as I was going through your social because obviously you spend time working out with looks like a really good group of guys and uh, busting your butts and doing what you have to do. How much of that personal growth and taking care of yourself do you think translates into your discipline and consistency in what you do in your business? Oh my God, man, it's crazy you said this. So probably a year and a half ago, let's just call it a year and a half ago, I hurt my calf playing basketball. Maybe it was two years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, hurt my calf, blew it out, like came off the muscle. It was terrible. And I, I, I ballooned up to about 245, heaviest I'd ever been in my life. And so... I used to party a lot back in the day, but since I had kids, I don't drink in front of my kids. But, you know, hey, like me and the wife will get a babysitter. We'll go out Saturday night. We would drink. Hey, we do a party, you know, drink. And, you know, I would probably drink, I would say probably once or twice every couple months. Right. So if you're going to say a course of a year, you know, anywhere from four to eight times a year. But, you know, hey, man, we'd go out and have have a few whatever. But we I gained I bloomed up to 245, eating nothing but junk food, not exercise, not doing anything. And we still were running a successful business, right? And, you know, I would say we we were on a great path, but I didn't feel right. And I wasn't doing anything. You know, I didn't feel fat. No one told me I was fat, but I, I mean, I mean, I felt fat. Like I felt, but you hide it. You're like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm only 245. You justify everything it is. And you think it doesn't play a toll on you. You think it's okay. Well, something told me, man, like I wasn't being the best father, best in husband, best entrepreneur, because I wasn't working out. I wasn't eating right. And I was drinking here and there. And I remember, man, we went to this UFC event in San Antonio and took the whole team out. We went out, had a great time. We went out the night before. We had a phenomenal time. Like it was one of those nights you go out and you're celebrating, you're ordering bottle service. Nothing went wrong. No drama. It was just a great night. I woke up the next day and I texted my wife and I said, I'm not drinking anymore. You know, classic. She's like, okay, you know, you're not drinking. No, I don't like the way it makes me feel. And I started this exercise journey and I started going down the rabbit hole of cold plunge, infrared sauna, breathing treatments, hyperbaric chambers, everything. And I was like, I'm not going to drink anymore at all. I'm not going to put any substance in my body. It got to the point where I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And I elected not to do the stitches because I wanted to heal faster. And they gave me hydrocodone and I took a half of one and I started freaking out because in the last like four months, I hadn't like even taken a, you know, Benadryl or anything. And I was like, oh my God, it, I felt it like alter the way I was thinking. And, you know, I haven't had a drop of alcohol since like March of last year, which is not a huge, it's not like I would drink every day or every week, but still my mind has been so clear the working outlook, there's there's a lot of debate about your morning routine. Your morning routine doesn't mean anything. I should say you should have a disciplined, successful routine, right? Don't right. sleep in, get up, get moving, do something. But I am 100% telling you that 
we went from doing about 150% of prior year to 200 plus. Uh, my capacity to do more work, more be a better father has increased three to four times. All from, I wake up every day at 4.35 a.m. Um, yep. I watch a video every morning. It's from Kobe Bryant. I watch the same video every day. It's about four minutes long. I watch it like clockwork because I love the video. It's so impactful to me. I read something like, you know, positive because that's how I just want to start my day. I have my quote that pops up on my phone. And then I, I have a routine that I have to shower before I work out. I don't know why. Shave because I want my day started. It's like, and then we go work out. We do cold plunge, right? We work out with our brothers. We give a good word afterwards. Somebody tells an inspiring story of the day or a good word of what we can do for the day. And we infrared sauna and we're done by about 7.30, right? We hit our day and we get going. And then the day started. I've gotten down to about 205, 208 you know, between there. So roughly 40 pounds and I still, you know, got a few more to go. I do like the EWAT system breathing. Yep. I do hyperbaric chamber. I've never felt better in my life. And I still feel like I have more to do. And I can tell you 100% on everything I hold dear to my heart. My life changed when I started doing that. My thought process got better. My body felt better. And when you read all these stories of like Kobe Bryant saying, I got up at 4 a.m. with the practice. Then I practiced again before you did your first practice. Then I did it at night. I was getting four practices. You hear Tom Brady, his diet, and you go, man, these guys are lunatics. There's no way they do this. And then when you start doing it, you realize how much everything you put in your body, every thought, yes. every food, the exercise affects you. You know that you cannot get to where you want to go by doing that stuff. And I eliminated it out of my life. Are there days I want to go drink? hundred percent. Are there days I want to go celebrate? Job's not finished. When we get to the goal that we set, I'm going to be the one that takes everyone out and goes out and has a great time. We can go drink and celebrate and do everything we want to do. Not right now. I have a family to raise, I have a business to build, and there's 150 people at Results Roofing that count on me. And the decisions I make affect their lives and affect their families. I don't have time to be drinking right now. I need to be in the best shape because here's what I know. When you watched Kobe Bryant, people, he was just ready in the fourth quarter. Michael Jordan just lived for the fourth quarter. No, man, he went so hard in practice. When you were tired in the fourth quarter, he was just getting started. This was easy yeah. for him. Tom Brady was in shape. You are not going to run faster, work harder, work longer hours, and do more in business by being out of shape, by being mentally weak, by being hungover, by putting alcohol in your body, it doesn't happen. You can still accomplish some things, but you, the guy that's not doing it is going to wear you out. He's the guy that can wake up at 5 a.m. and go to bed at midnight and be fine. He's the guy that can do it seven days a week and be fine. You're the guy that needs to be home at 5 o'clock. You're the guy that needs off weekends. You're the guy that needs to relax. You're the one that needs that. I don't need that. And here's the craziest thing. Bro, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, my wife laughs, and this is where I say it's when people talk to you about how you want to be. My wife raises three kids, right? So our oldest is six. He goes to school five days a week. Our youngest goes to a church school two days, our, our middle two days a week, and our daughter's one year old, so she doesn't go to school. My wife's the MVP, but my wife is with kids all day. She wants to go on a weekend and go have dinner with the girls, or she wants to go have brunch with the, the girls. And I love that. And I don't understand it. And she's like, well, well, babe, don't you want to go hang out with the guys and go have like watch a game? Like she encourages me to do that. Credit to her. And I'm like, no. She's like, why? I go, <laughs> I want to hang out with you guys. And my hobbies have become entrepreneur and family. 
Oh, you don't want to go to happy hour with the homies? No. You want to go watch a game? No. I want to hang out with my wife and kids or go to work. That's what's fun to me now. And so it's crazy, man. Like, I don't want to do it at all. I'm like, I want to go build something. I want to go create something. It's just weird, man. And I think when you clear your mind, I you open up so many things and you start seeing so clear. And then you start the, the crazy. Here's what happens. My wife said something to me today. She goes, you believe the crazy shit that comes out of your mouth. I was like, you're right. I do. You start to believe it, man. That yeah. manifest is real, man. And you start to believe it. You see it. You put it down. You start to believe it. And then you're like, oh, I can do this. And then yeah. that confidence comes in. And then you're like, there ain't no stopping me, man, because I got the momentum now. And I'm not going to go out and get hung over on a Saturday night and miss two days of work. I'm not going to have two beers at dinner. I wake up the next day and tell myself they didn't affect me, but they did. I'm a little foggy. And I'm ready to go. And by the time you wake up and get dressed and go to work, I've already worked out. I've already read. I've already cold plunged, dry sauna, got my day started, took the kids to school, and I'm at work before you even wake up, right? And then so it just gives me a competitive advantage in life, and it works for me. And so it makes me happy. And here goes back to I don't care what anyone else thinks. You want to take go do that? Great. You go do that. I'm not doing that. I don't want to be around that. You want to do it? Hey, man, I'm not the anti drink police or the anti don't work out. I'm just telling you what works for me. And if you want to come along for this ride, I'll make you successful. But if you want to be in my circle, there's a standard to be in this circle, right? And if you don't want, if you want the the rewards and the success of the circle, then you've got to go with the standards of the circle. You can't, you yep. can't have one without the other. You know, so many people think about how much they can accomplish in a day or how much they can put out in a day. But the direct influence of that is what you're consuming. And I don't even mean just yeah. calories or food. You touched on so many of them. Are you consuming? Like, what do you, obviously nutrition does play a huge role. What you drink plays a huge role. Is it filled mm -hmm. with sugar all day long? Like, what are you going from that standpoint? But then there's the other consumptions. There's the consumption of technology and social media. How much are you consuming in a day that is just eating up your time? What are you consuming from a temperature standpoint? You talked about cold plunges. Everything is about actually consumption. How much oxygen are you consuming? There's your yeah. hyperbaric chamber. Like it's all about consumption. Consumption decides what comes back out. It's the same yep. as the, you know, depending on what gas you put, you know, Bugatti, if you're putting the right gas in, you're going to have an amazing car. If you're dro dropping rubbing alcohol in the tank, that's what you're going to get. You know, you're, you're going to be on the roadside dead. So 100%. it's just all about the consumption. That's awesome, man. Dude, this has been a fantastic conversation. Let me ask, what's next for you? I mean, you have a lot going on right now. Any new ventures, any new goals? What are you excited about pursuing at this point? I'm excited to continue to build the RR brand. You know, we're right now, we're in Texas. We have an office here in Dallas and in, in Houston. We, you know, we do basically roofing related. I kind of almost say storm related. We do roofs. We also do cars. So like if your car got hit with hell damage, but um, then we do like insurance work, but for us, it's continue to obviously build here and then eventually, look, expand the brand into other markets, whether it be Florida, Colorado, the bigger storm markets, and continue to do it to be able to impact more. And so, you know, right now, it's just hyper-focused on growing the brand, growing the staffing and the impact. You know, there's things that come up, right? We have some opportunities that we're looking at partner with some with some people that are actually, and when I, when I say partner, not other roofing companies, but people like business people inside that can help take us to the next level, right? Like for me, it's like, you know, look, I'm only a, my 
my capabilities as CEO is a certain number, right? And so if I want to go from here to here, then I need to surround myself with people that can get me there. And that's what we're doing is, I, look, I, I don't think I know it all. I don't think I really know much. And so it's for me, it's surrounding people smarter than me, better than me, so I can help get to where I want to go and take them with me. And so, man, we got some huge things in the works when it comes to that. And I, I'm telling you, man, it's 2024, it's Kobe year, right? It's it, I feel like everything's aligned for me. I've been, I'm a diehard Kobe fan. Like I said, I named my son Kobe, my daughter Gianna. And then this year, we you know, we had our biggest year last year and it's 24 and it's Kobe year. And it's like, it was weird, man. My son was born on the 8th, obviously. And then my daughter was born on the 24th. So it's like, Kobe was born on eight and Gianna was born on 24. It's Kobe year. This is going to be the biggest year we've ever had. It's Mamba mentality all year. So we're going to do some huge things this year, continue to grow the brand. And as I, as things come at us and we create, we got a couple things in the works, right? And if it's a great idea, then we'll do it. But it's right now, the ideas are focused on growing the brand, like whether it be a new market, new staffing, expand, anything else is like investment opportunities. Like I invested in liquid death, goat fuel, snap shirt clothing there's a few others that i've invested in like brands a lot of the things stuff i'm doing right now is if i'm going to take i don't want to take my focus and energy off the main thing and so i'll invest in things if somebody's going to run it or somebody's going to do it they got a great partner that's not too but i'm so hyper focused on this because i want to win i want to create the legacy i want to be the national brand in roofing and build this true brand of roofing and make the rr logo everywhere so that's kind of what it is, man. And then look, just the day to day, bro. The, the thing I love the most is being a father and a husband and a family. And so doing things like that, like, can I be the best father, be the best husband? That's it, man. It's all, all really what I'm I'm focused on. And the people around me that believed in me and that are here, I want to make sure I accomplish all their goals and dreams because it's so easy to get caught up in mine, right? It's so easy to get caught up in those. But if I don't help them accomplish theirs and I didn't do anything and I don't deserve to accomplish mine. And so Focus on those people that are here and helping them become the person they're supposed to be, helping them accomplish their goals and dreams. It means the world to me. And that's what I'm focused on is just staying so disciplined to that and not getting caught up in the other crap. Dustin, everything you've talked about today absolutely aligns with everything that has to do with the MindFit method. So this has been honestly one of the best conversations I've ever had. I'm My so man. stoked that you were here today. I appreciate um, it. For people to be able to continue to be inspired by you, uh, whether it's on social or any other way to connect, how do people connect with you? Yeah, so social media is the easiest one. It's Dustin Gutkowski, and that's uh, G-U-T-K-O-W-S-K-I. So if you go to Facebook, Dustin Gutkowski. Instagram, it's Dustin Gutkowski, R-R. But it's, it's the same for social. That's the easiest way. Follow, reach out. If I can help, I will, right? And so go on there. I'd love to connect with you. If anybody has any questions, just reach out, right? That's what we're all here for. We all start somewhere. Don't be wor worried about where you're at. You know, there's people out there that are doing way bigger things than me and can impact you. And those are great to get advice for. There's people that aren't where they want to be yet. There's, it doesn't matter, man. Like we're all in this together. We're all humans. We all try to build each other up. Great people. And so if you do have a question or if you need something, just reach out. I'd love to help. So that's how you can find me. It's the easiest way. You'll see it. I'm an open book. I got nothing to hide. What you see is what you get. I might offend you. But if I do, I'm sorry for you. It's not my fault. Don't let me get anyone in your feelings. Don't let anyone get you in your feelings, right? What what people do is their business, not yours. It says everything about them, nothing about you. So that's who I am, man, in a nutshell. But other than that, yeah, reach out, man. On social is the easiest way. And for all the listeners, as always, all of Dustin's links will be in the podcast description. So make sure you go there if you're looking to connect. Dustin, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being on the I show. appreciate you. You truly are an inspiration. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate it. everybody. Have a great weekend. Great day, man. Thank you for having on. It's phenomenal. Such a great conversation. I love what you're doing, man. It's a phenomenal podcast. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Hey, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you did, make sure you click that subscribe button. You will not want to miss a single episode with the lineup of guests that we have coming up. So stay driven, everyone. And until next time.